Welcome, friends. This is uh, Wonder County Sheriff Todd Baxter in Rochester, New York, on the podcast called Behind the Badge, because we like to share stories of uh, who works for us and what they do behind the badge, uh, and then share a little bit about their, their type of police work they like to do, too. Uh, but before we start, I have a guest of a guest host today. Uh, Tisdale must be taking a day off. The Steelers must have lost, so uh, Mr. Hurley, <laughs> Deputy Hurley, is joining in. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Yeah, it's my first time ever on the podcast. Really? Yep. And you're the public information officer for the sheriff's office. First time we, you were literally walking down the hallway, and I snagged you and said, "Tis <laughs> yeah. is off. I don't want to do this solo. I need a, I need backup." Yeah. Always happy, ready to go. A lot of prep time. We're gonna hammer this. I like your jail tin cup. That's, yeah, that's nice. You Thank drink you. Coffee might as well drink out of the jail cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, welcome and uh, good to have you, Matt Young, Deputy One Each. Hello, sir. Good to have you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Absolutely. you coming. So we brought you on. We wanted to talk about uh, apprehended fugitives, apprehended wanted people, and that's that was your forte for quite a few years in the sheriff's office uh, on our warrant unit, the U.S. Marshals Task Force. We hear a lot about that now in the news lately of, of grabbing some of the worst of worst in our society, uh, working with folks like Crime Stoppers to get information out on people that are wanted and how that uh, how that plays in. So we're looking forward to sharing all that. But more importantly, this is behind the badge. Who are you? What's behind that badge? What makes well, you tick? I am uh, Deputy Matt Young, and uh, I started with the Sheriff's Office back in 2006. Uh, I was in the Jail Bureau for about five and a half years. Uh, left there, came to the road 2012. Um, worked a number of different assignments to include uh, C-Zone, B-Zone, days, afternoons. Um, and like you mentioned before, uh, one of my most favorite assignments this far, uh, the U.S. Marshals Task Force, the warrant unit with us. So that's me. Uh, I grew up in Rochester, uh, born and raised, and uh, went to Aquinas, graduated 2000. Uh, did a couple years uh, between MCC and SUNY Brockport, uh, did some business and worked a couple different uh, hmm. odds and ends, uh, business jobs, and just wasn't for me. And right. uh, that's how I got into my law enforcement career. Um, a family in law enforcement, uh, firefighters, public servants. So that's, uh, again, what piqued my interest in it. So. so you met some important people in the jail academy, right? Some important people, yes, very much so. Uh, my wife of uh, t- almost 10 years. Oh, that was 10 a great leading March. question. I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife of uh, 10 years is uh, is a jail deputy as well. Uh, three beautiful kids that I love to death. Oh, um, so that's me. That's good. Yes. It's a family affair. Family, yeah. And it is. Your, your family's rich in uh, the Greece Police Department, too. Yeah, I mean, so there's some uh, history there. And yep. My uh, father-in-law's retired after, I think he did a little over 20 years, 22 years, something nice. like that. Yeah. So a um, lot of them, a lot of us around. And RPD, and then uh, the, obviously the Sheriff's Office. And yes, sir. I think Rochester Fire Department. Yep. Talk about servants. Yes, yeah. public servants all around. Any arguments around the dinner table about policing and fire and who's better? No, 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 really, that never comes much. up. No, It'll be tonight. Let's start that now. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's more of uh, banter between my coworkers and I. Oh, so really? That were former firefighters or current volunteer firefighters, that sort of thing. So. They do get paid to sleep, right? And cook good meals and grow gardens, uh, right? Exercise. Just checking. Just checking. I always say. Exercise. I, yeah, I always say I make the joke that I took the wrong test. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're wonderful uh, partners of ours, but uh, we do the bantering's fun. It's yes, just it's fun to throw is. those shots. Now my phone will be ringing. But what are you going to do? <laughs> well, it's like a family, right? You you pick on each other, but when someone else picks on, oh, that's where fight. we all come yeah, we together. Go, right? Absolutely. Yeah, go. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, that's sir. good. Well, try it. It's fun. Just throw a couple fireman jokes out there. <laughs> see <laughs> how it goes. Yeah, just see how it goes. Thanksgiving is coming that's up. That's good. It'll be a good time. So we want to talk about uh, 
the, the warrant squad. We'll start there only because the sheriff's office is unique. Uh, a lot of police departments, I work for Rochester Police Department, Greece Police Department, we didn't have dedicated warrant squads and uh, a team that goes out and looks for people that have warrants for their arrest. So mm -hmm. why would the sheriff's office or why does the sheriff's office have that? And maybe you could just explain how, how we're a little bit different in that area. So the sheer number would be the driving factor, I would say. Uh, when I last checked, I believe we were up to approximately 1,600 wanted individuals with warrants. So uh, the number, and it's just increasing over the last couple of years with um, everything that's changed, bail reform, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like 1,600. 1,600 people wanted for criminal charges. Correct. Probable cause has been established, or a warrant probably wouldn't have been signed. I right? agree, yep. Yeah, so, and they're, uh, they're out there running around if no one's looking for them, they're having a good time. Yep. They, uh, yeah, they they are definitely having a good time. They know that they're not being held responsible, and again, they're a danger. And yeah. that's that's primarily what our uh, our unit does is we go out and we look for the you know not that they're not all dangerous, but the most dangerous ones uh, primarily you know the felony uh, felony warrants and um, you know your major wanted packages out of the city that sort of thing. So. Uh, and again, the sheriff's office is just being a little different. We're getting the majority of these warrants when they're signed from the, the county courts and the Supreme Courts. They naturally come to the sheriff's office to be served. Correct. Right? So that's why we have such a prolific number. I'm not sure what the number is, but I would say it's upwards of probably 75 to 80% of our warrants come from city-initiated cases. That, right. Again, whether it's indictment cases or they get arraigned and then released um but yep primarily i would say probably 75 80 percent of our work is hmm. city uh city crimes right that's amazing a lot of people don't think about that service we're providing for for the whole county yep absolutely and like you were saying these aren't your bottom line warrants right this isn't for no bell on bike or not having flares on a boat or you know nope. traffic tickets these are murders these are Murderers, weapons possession, drugs possession, sales, that sort of thing, yep. It's high risk. High risk. Yeah, very high risk. And, and a great team, you know, well-trained, uh, very dedicated to their, their cause, and, and they've been in the middle of it for the last couple of years. Uh, as violence spiked off the charts, that means your your work you're doing is becoming more dangerous. It's it's always getting more, more and more uh, plentiful and dangerous. Right. Um, and as you mentioned, the training, the training is, is never enough. Um, we pride ourselves on at least a couple times a month doing some sort of training, right. whether it be in-house, uh, as a group, whatever, what have you. Um, training is important. Yeah, we can never do enough. That, that's why I'm out of uniform. We just came from the, uh, the, the range, and we're doing some shooting from cars and around cars. And uh, it's just a unique. It's not just standing on a range. But, you know, you can see the folks that, that are engaged in this type of police work, you know, that, that enjoy this type of police work. They're, they're really taking that training seriously because, mm -hmm. you know, we can't afford a mistake because uh, you're making split-second decisions all the time. But also you're dealing with some very dangerous people. So um, you're heightened, but, again, you can't make it. So the whole judgmental part of this, too, let alone the marksmanship skills and the tactical moves mm -hmm. and things like that. But what I love about you guys the most is uh, – you, you don't have to overwhelm the bad guy with force. A lot of times you overwhelm them with, with tricks. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> the element of surprise is a beautiful thing. Doing your homework, studying them, studying where their families live, studying maybe their work routine if they're working, and taking advantage of that that with their commonality, you know, and, and taking advantage of an opportunity. That you don't have to maybe get in a confrontation because you get them by the element of surprise. Yep. Get them walking to Rite Aid, you know, uh, going to buy pick up a prescription. Honestly, that's probably one of my favorite parts about uh, being in the unit is just the investigative part. 
getting prepped, learning about them, learning about their their habits, their uh, their their private life, their their family life, right. absolutely everything. Um, number one, it makes it easier for us to present as an element of surprise. Um, but number two, just you know, bottom line, just finding them, right. where they are, what they're doing, that sort of thing. So my favorite, absolutely hands down, my favorite part about uh, this position. And it's also safer for you guys, it right? Because, again, we're dealing with the worst of the worst here, the most dangerous. So mm-hmm. if they know you're coming, they're going to prepare and they're going to be ready and trained. Yep. So if you catch them, you know, with their guard down, it's yep. safer for everybody. Yep. And a happy day when we catch them and it's easy, no paperwork. The other part of that's uh, that's that's a great is just to see the look on their face when right. they see us. Where did you come from? How'd you know I was here? <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's fun. Yeah, they're fugitives, right? Think about the word, right? I mean, so they're hiding. You're basically playing a game of hide and seek with some very dangerous people. We are um, we are the, the the kings of the, the hide and seek, hide and seek uh, yeah. champions. Got <laughs> <laughs> a patch for that. <laughs> yeah, really. That's I'd like to. Yeah, we can get a couple of those. A couple of patches. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Seek seeking king. Yes. What the. <laughs> And then uh, we've heard so much lately in the news because uh, uh, the U.S. Marshal for the Western District of New York has really taken uh, fugitive uh, finding and apprehension to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. And we've been part of that task force for years. We, yep. you, you, when you're part of that task force, you're sworn in as a, a federal agent, as a U.S. Marshal. Yep. Uh, so that gives you that jurisdictional capabilities and gives you those like, additional powers maybe. Mm-hmm. Um but that team coming together really goes after the worst stores and sometimes goes after people that are not just from our community, but might be hiding in our community uh, or making contact with someone that left our community and hiding in pick a city <laughs> anywhere. Yes. Yeah, we found them in Texas, Jersey, California, Florida, yep. uh, and we can have our partners in the federal task force go after those, those individuals. Yeah, we do that. Uh, a lot of our work is that as well. It's not just uh, in-house or inside Monroe County. Uh, several times, I mean, it's at least a couple times a month. We're going out of the county, downstate New York. Um, we're finding individuals with our warrants that are, like you said, uh, in other states. Uh, I've found people as far away as Hawaii. Um, oh, so, sorry you had to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good trip. <laughs> um, <laughs> made it well worth it. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I mean, we've uh, – I think we had one individual that's over in um, – I can't remember what the, what the country is, but it's somewhere in, like, Russia or somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, not being extradited back, but uh, we found him out there. Right. So, um, but going back to what you said, uh, we are a team with the Marshal Service, with the task force, um, you know, New York State Police, uh, Rochester Police, uh, Town of Greece has helped us out, Sheriff's Office, obviously, parole, um, state troopers, you name it. We have a trino- uh, tremendous team that provides workloads, not only that, but also assists with helping us find these individuals and safely take them into custody. So being a part of that team is just, uh, I can't put words to it. It's just amazing. It's pretty impressive too, because to take a large group of different officers and I mean, just the state and the federal, there has to be some differences there. So to make all of those pieces mesh, come together, work together seamlessly, mm-hmm. it's impressive. It is. And it, it takes a lot because you have, um, you know, different rules, different policies that everybody has to follow per their own um, agency, but uh, we make it work. So, yeah, and you look at the, uh, and then the other side of that, the benefit of a, a task force. So why put these? Why not just get hire more marshals, or why not just make it all the state police, or make it all the sheriffs? Mm-hmm. These task forces just bring that that diversity of ideas, mindsets, uh, skill sets. 
contacts and different parts mm-hmm. of the community. Tools. Uh, community context, knowing people in the community, you know, that the uh, trooper might not know people in Hamlin as much as you do if you worked out in C-Zone and right. vice versa. You know, a city cop will bring knowledge that, uh, but if you're going out into uh, Orleans County, you know, a city cop might not have that experience of right. working in that environment. So that's what task force are all about. It's 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 taken up. It's like a football team, right? Mm-hmm. There can't be eleven quarterbacks on the field at one time. Nope. There's got to be, you know, there's got to be linemen. There's got to be wide receivers. There's got to be tight ends. There's got to be, and that's what makes a good team. That's the the task force model. Yeah, everybody on our task force has their uh, own little niche. Right. I guess you could say some guys are good at uh, you know the. Um, the apprehension, or some guys are good at the investigation, or some guys are good at uh, the, the social media, the electronic stuff. So mm-hmm. everybody's got their own little niche, and like you said, we, we mesh together as a team, and just it just works. You guys are tenacious. That's that's the word. I mean, it's like a bloodhound. You get on a trail, and I've watched you guys go just not give up. Yep. My personality would be like, all right, let's move on to the next guy, <laughs> right? And you guys are like, I'm getting him. I'm going to get him. This is a challenge that I, I'm looking forward to it. There's certainly times where it gets frustrating, and uh, I mean, I can I can think of a specific case right now that's that's been a, a thorn in our side for four years, four and a half years. Yeah. The individual's still out there wanted, but. Uh, we just we keep fighting for it, and uh, that's what it's all about. You know and you keep on fighting for the victim. You know? Yes, it, absolutely. It, at the end, of, at the beginning of all these stories, and now there's still a victim out there that needs justice, mm-hmm. right? And uh, these people are being accused of a crime. And uh, you know, the, the other side of this is we we tend not to talk much about the victims in these stories. You know, and there's someone out there looking for justice and yep. looking for peace. If this guy's still out, maybe they're worried. They've been worrying for four years scared, yep. about this person looking, you know, in their backyard. And, or you're going to work, and is it going to show up there? Who knows? Yep. No, absolutely, and that that's a great point because you look at the police and you think you're doing it because someone broke the law, mm-hmm. and we forget what that means that they broke the law, right? Like we had that lovely lady in here the other day, yeah, yeah. and it was just to hear her side of the story and how it affected her, and it breaks your heart, and that's why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why we're after these guys who break the law because they did it to somebody. I always say the, ends, the end justifies the means, and... Um, you, know, you guys talk about the the victims a lot. We use a lot of times we use the victims as uh, resources, and just talking to them and hearing their background stories. And it's not all of them, obviously, um, but some of them, um, especially with this particular case that I was just referencing, that is uh, over four years old now. Just the victim of it is the nicest person and willing mm-hmm. to help us, and just wants the individual caught, and you feel for them. Right. You really do. Well. Wow. And then uh, we use different tools, too, to get information. One of them is the, uh, you know, working through Crime Stoppers. And as part of your job function in the Warren Task Force, you were, you were responsible for getting that information, too, mm-hmm. uh, that, and, and posting this and getting how, how prolific is it? I mean, is this making a difference, is, this type of information you're putting out to the public? Absolutely is, uh, 100% one of, uh, one of the best tools out there. Um, it's been changed over the years. You know, different different looks, different feels, different amount of people that are on there. But uh, one of the one of the best tools. Um, people out there, they have tips. They know where these individuals are. They know where they hang out, and they're just too afraid to come forward. Crime Stoppers is uh, what it's for. Um, they can call anonymously, and you know, provide anything: phone number, uh, social media. Uh, actual location where they are where they're going to be hang out we've had a couple different instances where people have actually called in and said that they're willing to physically help us and we've used them to lure people in and capture them mm-hmm. so crime stoppers 100 percent is uh is one of the 
one of my most favorite tools to use. And it can also get a cash reward for that information. Cash reward. Um, cash. And again, that, uh, that it goes up. It keeps increasing with uh, donations and whatnot that go to the actual Crime Stoppers. So um, great tool. And I was watching the first uh, series of flyers go by there. I think uh, three out of the four were criminal possession of, stolen, criminal possession of weapons. Second, illegal handguns, right? Mm -hmm. uh, dangerous. You know, why are you carrying an illegal handgun in Monroe County with uh, the number of shootings we have? Obviously, you got an intent of doing something with that. Uh, and the other one was murder second. So we were talking a real deal of what folks were looking for. They are 100% uh, some of the worst of the worst. Yeah. Sometimes they are uh, repeat offenders, too. What? <laughs> so I, can, I can think of a couple different names that we've gone after uh, at least three or four times. And that, that, I, sorry, Deputy, I got your butt in no, here. No. As a sheriff, not only does that bug the hell out of me from a standpoint of it, it's there's victims out there and there's no justice being served, right? And, mm -hmm. and they're repeating their offense. And, and, and when they repeat, you know, those are the number of crimes we're, we're aware of. We don't, we don't, we're not even aware of every crime they repeat, yep. let alone we don't apprehend them every time they repeat an offense. You know? I agree. Uh, that's one. Two, it's absolutely deplorable that I got to put my deputies in that position to go get a, get a guy that had a gun once. I got to go get him two, three times. Yep. The risk on you, the risk for your family, the risk for the sheriff's office, the risk for the community, and even the risk for the bad guy. Mm -hmm. He's much safer sitting in a hoosegow next door uh, and detaining him, slowing him down, and getting him the services that he might need to intervene in his life or keep him in there if the judge says he's dangerous. But this is absolutely absurd. And I, I know we whitewash over that. You know, we got to go get him two or three times. That's, that's total bullshit. That in my world, this needs to be corrected. We have cops chasing the same guy with guns multiple times, and that's unfair. Yep. And, and that's that's not that's not ethical by any means of our criminal justice system. That we're <coughs> asking you guys to, to repeatedly do this. So I just want to get my editorial out there real quick. That <laughs> you know that that can't just be whitewashed over. That we're going after murder suspects, criminal possession of weapon charge second. That means illegal handguns, mm -hmm. and, and make you go do that two or three times. Uh, and then I'll throw the last one out there: just a total waste of taxpayer dollars. You know, how much does it cost to put a task force together and go after a guy, you know, sitting on their house for hours and hours with, mm -hmm. with a team because this guy is dangerous and we need to overwhelm him with tricks and sneak up on him and all that stuff. We right. like to keep even him seat. Just to be safe. safe. Right. Yep. Everybody's safe. Let alone the neighbors safe. Right. And it's a lot of time and energy and taxpayer money. And a lot of people just don't hear this whole story. What's really occurring out there with some of these reforms. Mm -hmm. And again, maybe it doesn't stay for a long time. But at least look at that guy with an individual as an individual before we release him. Make sure there's a plan set up for safety for him, safety for everybody. There's intervention. There's a carrot and a stick. But right now we're right. just we're letting these guys into the wind when they've got to go get them two or three times. So that was a long editorial. <laughs> I cut perfect. you off early. <laughs> no, you're good. I was just going to say all that. <laughs> See? That's yeah. why he's employee of the week. Like. Employee of the week, right here. <laughs> That's why you pulled him in out of the uh, out of the hallway. That's right. Yeah, kidnapped him. Uh, <laughs> no, what I was going to say is, um, you know, what would you say? So we put these up on our social media, right? Because we're looking for the public's help, yes. and a lot of the comments that we get from people are, "Well, why should we do your job for you?" Or if you can't find them, how can we find? Like, what would you say to those people? Like, what's the best way to explain to them why we put those flyers up? I would say we are. Our tools, they are plentiful, but it's, I would say there's a point where it, where it ends. There's so only so much that we could do to find these individuals. Um, you guys are out there, you're the public. You see them out on the streets when we aren't out there. These guys are out there, they know that the warrant unit, they assume that the warrant unit works Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five. So between nine to five, somebody that knows that they have a warrant, they're not gonna be out on the streets, they know they know that they, they see a cop car coming, they can hide. 
they don't see the Marshall's Task Force coming because we do have, you know, undercover stuff and whatnot and different tools that can hide us. Um, but these citizens, they know what they look like. They know what they drive. They know where they live. They know who they hang out with. They know what they do on a day-to-day basis, whereas we don't. So if they can provide us with, you know, any little tidbit of what we need to go get them, anything helps. Any little bit helps. Nice. So basically what you're saying is that we'll eventually find them. Correct. But if we can get help from other people, we'll get them off the streets faster, faster. and everybody will be safer. Yes. Yeah, and the, uh, you know, we call each one of those calls that you call in. It might not be significant to you, but that's a clue, right? And the more clues you have, the more pieces of puzzle you're putting together. And it just might be that one piece of information you didn't know that uh, he would have been laying his head over here. Uh, or corroborate information. Now that's, mm-hmm. you're going to concentrate on this information over here because it's been coming in two different directions, right? right? So, it's uh, like everything else in, in law enforcement. It's uh, almost like the waterfall effect. You know, one one little thing will lead us to a world of different things. Right. And uh, and and why do people want? I mean, just go back to larcenies, and we're getting ready to do a, a pretty good story this week on on these repeated offenses and and store thefts, right? And mm-hmm. by the millions of dollars here in Monroe County. Uh, you know, so what's in it for the average public? Well, when there's millions of dollars being lost at a box store, guess who's paying for that? You are. We all are, right? Yep. And and who's paying for it the most, if you will? The people that are poor in our community, right? They still got to go to the same box store and buy the same price. But if it's $7 more expensive to go to the store each time because we're all paying for those thefts, you and I are blessed with you know, the ability to afford that. You know, what if you're poor? You're living on a fixed income. You, why should you pay seven dollars every time you go to the local box store? Right. More. I agree. Uh, that's that's one hell of an inflation. That, so everybody should care uh, about these criminals and, mm-hmm. and get them in their system, get them caught, hold them responsible for what they're doing to our community. Absolutely. You chase fugitives for a living, right? You, you did that job. It's 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 brave. It's intelligent. It's uh, it's leaning forward police work. Uh, you're bringing justice. You know, what's been the best one? You, you, if you have had some very bad people in our community who brought justice to, to victims, what one stands out the most? Who would you enjoy the most saying, I got them? <laughs> there's, uh, there's a number of them. Um, I mean, without nitpicking through them all, mm-hmm. um, everybody would know the name Taekwon Rivera. Uh, he was an individual that uh, did a lot of dirty things, uh, as a younger child or younger teenager and then again did his time came out continued to do bad things so i would have to say uh taekwon taekwon yeah. was a good one uh, a lot of work went into that a lot of uh, background checks and social media that sort of thing um, went into that so it was uh, it was a good one it was a it was a hard-fought battle i guess you could say call it yeah as a young kid he shot a good friend of mine tony DePonzi on the back yes. of the head right and by the grace of god tony's still walking this earth but uh, to do your time, and unfortunately, because he was such a young kid at the time when he shot Tony, I think he was able to only do seven years, mm-hmm. uh, and it came out. And, and we all, I guess, thought he'd Hope reform. That change, yeah. yeah that, that there would be a change there in his life. Uh, he got the grace of God. I mean, if, if you think about the ultimate grace, it's seven years for attempted murder of a police officer. Correct. That's the deal of a century. Mm-hmm. I think he should be away for life myself, but uh, with, that's our law. And unfortunately, he didn't. Nope. And, and unfortunately, hurt other people when he came out, and mm-hmm. uh, got in. So I, I, again, you keeping pressure on the people that are refusing to comply with our our norms in our society mm-hmm. uh, is just a good thing. The more you're looking for him, the less he's doing harm and other people in our community. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So essentially, your your job is hunting fugitives, right? Yes. You're, you're tracking them down, you're researching, looking, and you're going and arresting the bad guy. Kind of mm-hmm. sounds like what 
everybody signs up to be a police officer right. for, right? Like that's <laughs> the part. You come into this job and you realize how much paperwork there is, and then that's what you signed up for. You want to go do that <laughs> stuff. So it's probably a pretty sought-after position, I would guess. It is. Uh, I know there's a, uh, a lot of people that I've talked to that I've heard from that uh, that would be interested in doing it. So it's, um, like I said a few, few seconds ago, it's the fun part of the job. Um, obviously, every police officer has to go out there, has to take the reports, has to respond to 911 calls, has to take you know motor vehicle accidents, that sort of thing. But going out there and actually looking for the bad guys um, – Again, I can't I can't put words to the excitement, I guess you could say, on a day to day basis that we that we feel. So Yeah. Tenacious again. Tenacious. It comes in, you know, Absolutely. just going at and having the ability as a sheriff's officer to dedicate manpower to do that mm-hmm. as opposed to just one of another task you're supposed to do while you're responding to nine one calls and covering a car beat. Right. Um, it develops that expertise, it develops the teamwork, um, mm-hmm. makes us all safer, including the community. I just want people to understand that part is the fact that we put you guys together as a task force and train you, and then you use that growing model, walk, you know, crawl, walk, run for the next couple of years or three or four years, however long you're over the task force, mm-hmm. makes everybody safer because we're developing that expertise. Every time you do one, you debrief it, you make yourself a little better, it's a little safer, mm-hmm. learn some new tricks, fix things that might not have gone so well because yep. not every apprehension goes very well. Yeah. Uh, every, uh, it's dynamic, right? Oh, yeah. There he is. Get him. Everything's <laughs> different. <laughs> Everything's different. No one Everything cooperates. From there on out, no one cooperates. Yep. The bad guy doesn't cooperate. The traffic, the weather doesn't cooperate. Nope. Witnesses that might be just, I didn't know some, you know, school kids going to be walking by when I went to make this apprehension. Didn't expect that. Yeah, we, thought we, we had we it cleared. that, too. So yeah, I thought we had the area cleared, you know, before <laughs> we make this, uh, this snag. And, and all of a sudden there's a a school bus that never showed up before. Yep. Like, yep. It's just real world that you have to deal with. And, and sometimes you even have to pull off and say, not now. Hold, hold, hold. Let's let the area clear out. And, yeah. And it's hard to do when you've been looking for this guy for months. And right. You see him. And then when a school bus comes by, a professional says, not now. Yep. Not now. Let's, let's hold off. Yeah. And those are all valuable skills to learn and, and master. And then when you do leave the task force and right. go back to the road, right. you can not only use it there, but you can also transfer that knowledge to some of the younger people who are just starting out and kind of guide them. Absolutely. I, I, I truly am a believer in this, this field. You never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Um, every assignment is a, a different learning experience for you. Um, this happens to be one of the greatest learning experiences thus far in my career uh, between the team that I work with, the people that I work for, and uh, just, again, every day doing the job that we do. It's just uh, you never stop. You never stop picking up skills and you know, learning, learning from your mistakes. Um, and, uh, again, I hope to carry it, at least a little bit on to, uh, you know, other people. Um, well, other so people. You, you got that field training officer pin on. You know, I do. And, and now with those skills you learn in the, in the task force model, bring that back to young cops, uh, uh how to use your brain mm-hmm. to make the apprehension. Sometimes we got to use our brawn. Right. Uh, but, that's really few and far between. If uh, sometimes you can just outsmart the bad guy, and you know, oh, yeah. and it's just fun. You know, that's yep. a fun part of the job. Yep. Uh, so thanks for going back on the road, being a mentor. I love the way that we do it here at the sheriff's office. You don't stay in these jobs for an eternity. You go there. It's tough to leave because you mm-hmm. gain an expertise. But as the deputy said, bring that expertise back and share it with, yeah. with your whole platoon, let alone Absolutely. your whole. Uh, so we finish up with the no Miranda zone there, Deputy Hurley. I know this is your first time as the uh, as the co-host, but uh, we get the banter. And barrage met with questions, and he, he no Miranda zone means he has to answer. That's oh. the beautiful part. So I don't know if you're prepared oh, for this, boy. but I'll just throw a curveball at you real quick. <laughs> uh, one word to describe the United States Marshal of the Western District of New York, Chuck Salina. 
Uh, he is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ambitious. Ambitious. Uh, he's huh? always out there. I mean. He's always finding new innovative ways to do it, too. That, that yes, that, he's got the resources for that. And he's just, um, it amazes me, uh, the drive behind him to, uh, yeah. to get certain things done. So he's ambitious, very ambitious. So we quick talked about how this is a highly sought-after position. What what kind of advice would you give people who are trying to put in for this and really want to get on the task force? Um, serve warrants, uh, first and foremost. But uh, just always be out there and be willing to, you know, do the job and, and don't, take, um, don't take breaks, if that makes sense. Um, Look for work. Look for work. You don't need the coffee breaks. You're this right, job right. is a no, yeah, yeah, take yeah. your coffee yeah. break. Yeah. Everybody yeah. needs coffee a coffee break. break. Yeah. But yes, right. But and to, always be willing. You have to a busy night the night before. Take you know, slow yes. down the next night and breathe and get your paperwork cut up. But yep. I think or you, and the jobs like yours and, and we said it all the time in the SWAT team. Your job as a SWAT team is to be looking for work, right? You're mm -hmm. always looking for work. And if there's some downtime and a boss having to give me an assignment, then go find an assignment. Go do yep. something. Absolutely. And you can do that on the road patrol, which parlays into the next selection process for sure. Like you said, tenacious. Tenacious. <laughs> hey, it's uh, Halloween. It this is. show won't uh, air on Halloween, but it's Halloween. We're taping it. Thanks for uh, wearing my costume today. Uh, <laughs> I used to look like a sheriff. Uh, but so going out tonight, three kids. Uh, what's the best candy bar? If you were trick or treating, what's the best candy bar you'd want to receive? What's Reese's. Reese's. Reese's peanut yeah. butter cups. Nice. I'm a big fan. I'm a sucker good. for those. Yeah, yeah. Sucker for them. <laughs> Who's not? What about you, her? Right. Uh, I, yeah, I would have to say maybe a Butterfinger. Just to do something different? So I was literally just going to say, I've asked this question before, and someone said Butterfinger, and I was like, that is odd. And then Hurley says Butterfinger. So <laughs> I guess it, there's two of you. <laughs> there's two of you out there. Snickers? That now we're in the ballpark. I mean, I'm a sucker for any kind of candy. So oh, yeah. I can't, uh, I can't really pick and choose, but if I had to, that so would be So you'll help it. secure the candy all the kids get tonight and make sure they're all safe, right? The, Separate them. And I saw something earlier today. Make sure that three musketeers uh, safe. So it was a pretty funny picture. It was uh, it's called the Dad Tax. Kids oh, come yeah. home with the uh, kids come <laughs> home with the candy and the dads get the tax. So. Yeah, I like that. That's, like 20 That's a good one, right? Twenty percent. Twenty percent. I would take that tax. Twenty percent right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I'll see you on the treadmill tomorrow morning. Then. Yeah, <laughs> running off the tax. Absolutely. That's good. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing uh, who you are. Thanks for sharing what the uh, the task force does, whether it's the warrants and the, the marshals task force and what we're doing these fugitive flyers, why they're out there, why we're posting people on social media. Uh, it's all important to keep our community safe, and that's really our why, you know, to help the, the most vulnerable in our community yep. feel safe. So Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, just if I could offer any piece of advice just for everybody to just keep hoping for uh, a safer community. Yeah. Yeah, people deserve that. Yep, absolutely. Well, until next week, folks, we'll uh, we'll take the week off, but I, I hope you're all safe in, the, uh, in our separation here, and God bless everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.